Pro Football Ireland Monday Morning Football before we talk about the Niners. Michael McQueen, McGillif taking Connor dropkick Mangan. Mangan. So he doesn't use Twitter though because he hasn't followed me yet, so he definitely doesn't <laughs> use it. And um, Michael McQueen here. I'm, I'm taking the hand, Connor. It's late. I'm trying to stay awake. Let's go straight into the Tennessee Titans, Michaela, almost mm. the bed against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I'm not going to lie. When I made the pick for the, for the Titans, I was like, ah, oh, I'm going to crack here. Like, if I pick the Falcons, I'll go and lose. If I pick the Titans, who knows what will happen. I don't think any of us really expected that a man that um, said that the brown parts of bananas were scared of him and that took mayonnaise in his coffee was going to ball out against the Falcons. Is this a one-time thing against the yo-yo defense in the Atlanta Falcons? Or is Will Levis, Michaela, going to go in on Thursday night and throw another three or four touchdowns and start putting the league in notice? I think it's too late. Eight weeks in for him to go and win an award. But my God, Tennessee might have their man. And Ryan Tannehill could be done. Another guy that could be done. Yeah, um... I was very impressed watching him today. I think especially when he threw that kind of long rage ball over everyone's heads at DeAndre Hopkins. Like that's something that you want DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins to be able to have in a quarterback. Like, and I think that it was that throw that kind of made me go, "Oh, like you know, he could you know be something at Tennessee." I think you know Tannehill's been struggling too much, and they also have Malik Wills as well, don't they? Um, so you know they they have a good quarterback room when you look at them to trade them together um but yeah i'm really excited about will levis i will disagree with you and i do think if he plays every game the rest of the season and he plays every game like this and throws three touchdowns a game and the titans you know can get like at least over 500 i think he could be offensive rookie of the year because you know looking at all the the rookies the offensive rookies the only one that probably not the only one. They're obviously all playing very well. Uh, ish. Not all of them. But a good few of them. Like, you know, CJ Stroud's playing very well. You know, the Texans are a lot better than I thought they were going to be. Um, B. John Robinson is probably the favourite for that award at the moment. And um, he's playing very well. But, you know, they the everyone loves quarterbacks. The league loves quarterbacks. So I wouldn't be surprised if he did win the award if he plays this well. But I'm very excited to watch them now. Like, I don't think... I'm going to bet against them now for um, unless they're playing somebody like the Chiefs or the Bills or something like I, I would probably pick them over the Steelers um, and et cetera going forward. But yeah, I think I think you're right. I think they could have their guy in Will Levis. Will Levis. Uh, Connor, they could have their guy, but they could lose a few games. I'm going to take the Steelers and Thursday night. I'm going to straight in. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Um. It would take a hell of a performance, Connor, to, to win a rookie award, but he could do it. I mean, if he got two or three passing touchdowns and continue to get rated over the next seven to eight weeks, you could get in the conversation, certainly. Do you feel like he's maybe went a couple of weeks too late for that? Or do you believe in, in World Lands? Oh, I believe. I believe. I'm a, I'm a firm believer as a former Rookie of the Year player myself that uh, you can make a lot happen in a short period of time. I think a lot of it comes down to what the storyline is. You definitely need a good story. Um, Will Levis bring out the best in DeAndre Hopkins? Or no, sorry, but the I think I think if he tells the right story and he plays excellently, this could be his. It, it could definitely happen. I think it all just depends on how they go through it, uh, what the games are like. I mean, it's it's it, 
it should be exciting. I think he definitely has a good shot. Couldn't find the mute, the mute button. Sorry, folks. Um, yeah, let's see what happens. I really was excited and sort of shocked by the way that he played. So I feel like, let's see. And he's certainly helping us this week on social media. So thank you very much to Will Lavis. Uh, let's, we, uh, look, we, we, we have to talk about the Niners and we have to talk about the Bengals. But I guess first off, like McKillie mentioned in the first part, we because we're on the Sunday night, we don't really get a lot of time to sort of go back on the on the on this on just on the Monday night football. Uh, last week, obviously the Vikings beat the beat the 49ers at home, and sometimes you can look at the perception of well two different things: the home crowd in Minnesota, but then also how Brock Purdy performed after his concussion. I was sort of surprised whenever we seen the news come out about Brock Purdy already clearing it. It was actually funny because we were literally joking on a record with Mark and Jason for the midweek one about, oh, something will happen in the next 40 minutes. And it came out, Brock Purdy is, and it's like, oh my God, are you kidding me right now? Like, seriously. Or he had just entered a concussion protocol, sorry. Um, so we, we thought at the time of that recording that he wasn't going to play. Um, not great. Not great to say the least. Just, you know, his worst performance, statistically in a in a Niners jersey in terms of interceptions he only thrown two in his whole career until the last two games where he's now thrown five so over the last two games are it's statistically his worst and um, he had more rushing yards than Christian McCaffrey and outside of course George Kittle Brandon Ayuk, they always get the ball down the field the Bengals were absolutely superb and it shows you sort of I guess Michaela the the short-termism of the league where a lot of us, including myself, were, were writing the Bengals off a few weeks ago. They looked unreal, big time. And if they keep playing like that, you're talking about Will Lavis winning an award. If the Bengals keep playing like that, they're going to be very, very hard to beat. And they could be sitting beside us in Vegas and Darwin. Yeah, like you all know that I picked the Bengals at the start of the season. So I was very, to win the Super Bowl. So I was very bummed, you know, that they were turning out the performances they did at the start of the season. Um, but you know they they did this last year as well. They kind of they started off really poorly, and people were like, "Oh, them getting to the Super Bowl was just like a fluke." Basically, we know Joe Burrow's great, but maybe they shouldn't have made the Super Bowl that soon. Um, so I'm glad to see they're back to winning ways. They're four and three, so they have that winning record, and I think now that they have that kind of confidence again, um, and they bet they bet a team that's definitely 100 percent going to go far in the playoffs. You know they're gonna be like, okay, you know we're back, we're back to to how we should be, back to winning ways. You know, obviously they can put it down to Joe Burrow having his injury kind of at the start of the season with his calf. Um, but for me, it was looking at the records, and even though you know the 49ers are the 49ers and they're one of the best teams in the league, for me it was looking at their records. The 49ers lost their last two games. The Bengals have won their last two games, so I knew the Bengals were on a red hot streak. You know, I think if the Bengals had started off as as good as a record as the Chiefs, you know, this would have been, you know, the game, the game of the week in a sense. Um, so I'm very happy for the Bengals. I'm very happy for Joe Burrow. Um, but for me, it was, you know, the way they've both played the last two weeks. Like I said, 49ers were losing, Bengals were winning. So I think that played a big role. But then also before kickoff, I saw that Trent Williams was out and I saw Debo Samuel was out and I said, the Bengals are going to win this, I think. Um, and I'm very happy they did. And looking at the schedule for the 49ers, the 49ers have some tough games. 
you know, they have the Jacksonville Jaguars on, I think the 49ers are on a bye week, are they next week? And then they have the Jaguars on the 12th of November is their next game. That's going to be a tough one because the Jaguars are red hot at the moment. Um, And then they have the Seahawks, which is, you don't really think of the Seahawks, you know, as a top, top team. But then again, you know, they beat the Browns tonight. Um, I think the Seahawks, are they five and two? I think they are. They, no, they're five and three, I think. They won so, tonight against the Cardinals, or against the Browns, sorry. And Browns. the way they came back was, uh, I was watching it there before we came on, it was just, well, you know, we'll, we'll probably talk about that next because the Browns defense, but uh, yeah, it was unreal. Yeah, you talk about yes. changing changing storylines there. Um, it's it's mad because now, like two weeks ago, what were we thinking? Bengals suck. Joe Burrow is injured. 49ers are unbeatable. And now it's like, hmm, Bengals may make the Super Bowl and the 49ers are struggling. But but like, Connor did really drop off. He's the best quarterback in the league. But they did massively like, dropped off. Yeah. It's like, I do think the 49ers are definitely going to go far in the playoffs. But it's like, looking at their schedule, it's like, Jaguars, they have to play the Seahawks twice. They have to play the Eagles. They have to play the Ravens. So yeah, you know, I, they have... play, I wouldn't want to play one of those teams, not because all of them are unbeatable or anything like that, but they're all dangerous games. Like they could easily lose. Exactly. Like yeah. they'll probably lose yeah. like at least two. They could at least lose three or two of them. I mean, yeah. my, like, like, sorry, Connor, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this and I'll like, feel, feel free to chat away. Sorry, I'm, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to take time away from you. Like for me, it's like, like I said, I was recording earlier on during the week and the, and the news came out that um, it looked like Sam Darnold would start because Brock Purdy was under protocol. Come Thursday, whenever I had to make a pick for a graphic, I was like, well, do you know what? I'll pick Cincinnati based on the fact that I don't believe Sam Darnold will go into a game, will go into a game and be fully fresh from what I've seen of him in New York. You know, absolutely no chance. And that's why I picked him. But then whenever it came out of a Brock Purdy this week, towards the end of the week, I was like, I'm on, I see I'm on the edge here. If I could change this pick, I would now. But you know what? I'll just roll with it for the crack. I was proven wrong with how with still how well the Bengals played. But I think it was down to a lot more than just like the form the teams were in. I I think we're not talking about this enough. And I'm, I'm not talking about us, but everyone. Like literally tonight, Brock Purdy, uh, in the second or third quarter, literally grabbed his head on his neck. It snapped. Uh, at, just at the end of the game today. He did not, like, in my opinion, he did not look comfortable the whole time. He may have passed the concussion protocol, Connor, but I, I certainly don't think he was fit to start that game. And yeah, we discussed, we discussed some of this last week, you know, like players will play injured for an entire season. Like guys will play with a, their hamstring hanging off their, their leg, you know, there's, there's nothing that will stop them other than like even a doctor or whatever, like you can just go ahead and play. So maybe, maybe, maybe he is hanging on something. Surely that's down to Shanahan though. Like Shanahan has to pull him. If he, if he, like as a coach who has his team's interests at heart, who knows that the team are on a downward spiral, Michaela said it herself there now, they have a very difficult schedule coming up. Why doesn't Shanahan, who is such a quarterback, insert quarterback here, coach, he's not too fussed on the high end guys, plug and play. He's got Sam Darnold there. He's clearly happy because he bet the farm to get Trey Lance and he somehow got away with that whole conversation. Why doesn't he just put Sam Darnold in for that second half? Clearly, from like I, like I need to sit back and watch Coach's tape on Monday, but Brock Purdy did not look comfortable in that game. And if this it happens just, again after the bye, like, I mean... If Shanahan looks Brock Purdy in the eye 
So if you're watching this video, looks him right to see and goes, son, can you play? Are you good? And of course, Brock Purdy is going to say like 99% of NFL players in the middle of CTE will probably say, yeah, I'm good. Do you know what I mean? Like there's no, like, especially in the run of the moment, the heat of the moment that right in the middle of everything, of course you want to play even before the games, you know, like players are just strong. They could take an end stuff like that. So maybe he is carrying something like Debo Samuel is also out. So he has a lot more time, a lot more options when he's got Debo and McCaffrey and a kind of running around, running all this routes. Cause it's like, well, who do we guard? Who do we take? Like, what are we covering? There's usually more space. Brock Purdy can be a bit more productive obviously throw less interceptions. So he's out. So like, that's, I think a big cog. Like people are saying that Debo Samuel actually wasn't having that good of a year. Why he's not having that good of a year. It's because Christian McCaffrey is the best player on the planet. That's why, because he's taking the ball all the time, but he's, he's that good because Debo was that good at basically distracting and taking other pl players attention away from McCaffrey because Debo Samuel is absolutely amazing. So I think that's kind of a big thing that maybe we're not looking into, but, Perhaps, perhaps there is something wrong with Purdy. I, I, I don't know. But it's hard to take a guy out like that um, mid-game for those sort of reasons. It is. I mean, there's multiple college players that are more one of them. He's literally paying rent. He's just about paying rent, apparently, in San Francisco at the minute, living with mate. Oh, I, I love I think just the way we're treating him, Connor, is a little bit sus. And I love the Niners fans. I think 49ers Ireland lads, I love you. These are massive supporters of us. I'm not being down on your team. I just feel like if you've got a buy next week and you've got the Jags who are red hot, sit him. But then the problem is if Sam Darnold came in tonight and balled out against the Bengals, then that's it. It's over. And you're, you're taking a huge, broad view, looking down, and you're looking towards the future. Like when you're in the game, it's like, let's win this game. We're not thinking about next week. We're not thinking about last week. I want you to think about the next 10 seconds. You know, like the, like any quote we want to give from any given Sunday, all that sort of stuff is kind of the only thing that matters. Like, you know, family doesn't matter. Your dog doesn't matter. You know, your roast. Your dog doesn't matter. matter. I don't burn. Doesn't matter. You know, you are just in there in that moment so it's just let's win this okay what, what's my best avenue to win this the spring box thing is the 7-1 bench sometimes it works and the 49ers think okay let's leave Brock Purdy in there so let's leave the spring but I mean congrats to the spring box but the, the, the wrong team in green one I cried watching that last night uh, we have one more topic on this broadcast this morning this evening I want to say one more thing before we talk about that topic Joe Burrow was 28 of 32 326 total yards three touchdowns no interceptions 100 and 34.8 passer rating. That is unbelievable. Let's talk about the Seahawks and Browns before we head to the Leba. Or for some people in the North, work. Because nobody in the South is going to work today by the sounds of it. Very jealous. Not really, because I'm off anyway. Anyway. Um, Real quick, over to the Seattle Seahawks, just for anyone who is following Daniel Whelan. Uh, had another very, very good game. I know his team were kind of not looking the best at the moment, but Daniel Wheeler actually had four punts, averaged 51.8 yards. Great holes for Anders Carlson, who's kind of struggling a little bit. Um, it's interesting, they have two rookies as their, as their specialists. So, uh, but anyone who is watching, Daniel is still flying the flag proud. Uh, and he had another amazing game. So, the highest away. interactive post ever on our social channels last week. Nearly 2,000 likes on Facebook and multiple people arguing over the contrast of the color. That looks like an Italian flag. Well, you know, if you're, if you're in Ireland, if you're in Ireland, do you know that Taylor Swift's attending games or do you know that Daniel Whelan's at a game? You know, it's just kind of. Well, good news, my friend. And for everyone listening, 
Taylor is on tour in a week and a half in Mexico. And apparently she's too focused on that to go to Frankfurt next week. I'm joking. I like Taylor. But Travis Kelty's unbeaten and the Chiefs are unbeaten with Taylor in the crowd. So they're our reference for the week. Anyway, let's just talk about Brown Seahawks. Um, Brown's defense, unbelievable. But Michaela did a lot of points in against the Colts last week. That being said, this was a really interesting game in the sense of the Seahawks win it at the end 24-20, but the Browns were on top for a lot of the game after they got back into it. The Seahawks had a very, very strong start. I've been really impressed with sort of the tenacity and the direction of P.J. Walker, a quarterback. Um, but, you know, through week seven, the Browns have been number one in yards and defense and number one in passing yards allowed. You know, the the... The defense today, for a large part, done its job. But the way that that game ended, I think if you're going to start calling, and I was calling the Browns defense a championship caliber defense, I think they're that good. I feel like the way that the game ended, it was quite poor. and know how they couldn't stop Seattle. That game, the play at the end for Jackson Smith and Jigby was class. And can I just say, the uniforms are sexy. They are the best uniforms in the league. By a country mile, they are on. They're honestly unbelievable. And if you like my multitasking, and and you're looking at the screen right now, here they are, right here. They are absolutely sensational. Look at like look at this. Like, oh, look at that. Unreal. I love them. Huh? I love them. They're unreal. Old school. Um, can Seattle McWilla make a run? They're five and two. Five and two last just this time last year we're going in the Munich uh, top of the top of the NFC West. Niners struggling. Gino's balling. What do you think, folks? I think that when I was seeing bits of that game on Red Zone and I saw both teams' records were four and two, I was like, I did not know they were both playing that well. Um, they're right. kind of how asleep. Are the how are the Browns still have a winning record? I don't know how. The, it, it must be their what defense because I know Deshaun Watson isn't playing the best, and then he's injured as well the last few weeks. So it it's obvious it has to be their defense. Um, but I'm very surprised that they both had that good records. Um, but I did favor the Seahawks, so I'm glad they won. But I'm just looking at the Seahawks, and I'm like. Now, I know Gino's a, a, he's a good quarterback. He played very well last year. But I'm like, what would they be like if they had, like, a top quarterback like Patrick Mahomes? or? I think Gino's top quarterback. I think he's unreal. I don't think, I think no, no, I don't think he's a top quarterback. I think he's going to be. I think he's, like, the team just, just terrible. I, I, think, I think he's doing the best. I think he's doing an unbelievable job that team. Genuinely. Right, now, there, there's something, no, there's like a spark or something missing with them. I don't know if it's just because I don't rate Gino because he's been in the league a little while and I'm kind of like, why didn't you do this at any other teams? Um, You know, I just think they're missing kind of like a young kind of spark, not a rookie, you know, not someone like Gino, but like someone like Patrick Mahomes or. Justin Herbert, I think if they had like Justin Herbert or something, I think they would be so like, I think we'd be t- talking about them as one of the top top teams in the NFC and, you know, with that record they they could be arguing, you know they are one of the top teams, I think the NFC is very interesting where, you know, you'd look at all these teams in the AFC, the Bills, the Chiefs the Jaguars, you know 
the Dolphins, they're all teams that we expect to do to do really well. But then you look at the NFC and it's kind of like the Detroit Lions, the Seahawks, you know, we look at some of them and they're kind of like, you don't expect them to have a, such good records. So these are all kind of like interesting underdog sleeper teams that you'd root for in the playoffs. So I'm very excited to see how the, the NFC teams fare um, towards the playoffs in the end of the season. Yeah, but I'm, you know, the Seahawks are, like I said, they're a sleeper. I, I love Gino just because I think when people like, We've all had situations in life when people have died of us, right? I think what he won last year to come into Seattle and just how they performed last year. And some of the players that they have now, Pete Carroll is just unreal, folks. Um, Connor, I, I know you want you probably want to go back to that. Feel free to do so, but I'd love to end the show on this. No, I'm just laughing at your like devotion to Geno Smith on week eight. I don't I'm, know. I'm a Broncos fan, like. I, I've learned a huge reach of talking. I don't know if I've heard you mention it. We're, we're talking about a Seahawks team that got to the half yard line. Remember that? Yeah. That long ago? I mean, I used to hate them. I hated the Legion of Boom. And I actually love what they are. I think they're a great team. They're never one of those like stories that's changing rapidly. It's like, you know, it's like, I don't know. We, we weren't paying attention to the Seahawks. We weren't really paying attention to like the Colts, for example. We weren't really paying attention to the Jags. A little bit interesting. Weren't really paying attention to the Titans, and now it's like, hmm, those four teams are actually going really, really far. Uh, yeah. Double-ended yeah. question, Connor, for you to end this podcast tonight, and Michaela, free for you to jump in after if you want. And then we're going to the Leba. Two questions. First off, Connor, will Brian Dable be fired tomorrow morning? And secondly, will this game in Germany next weekend be the greatest international game ever, or do you think it'll be a dud? Uh, no, I don't think he will be fired next week or tomorrow or anytime too soon. And next weekend, I'm kind of, I'm literally shocked that the Chiefs are playing the Dolphins in Frankfurt. It's like, it couldn't have been any perfect for like expanding the game internationally, uh, going to a place like Germany, like that stadium is, is a great stadium and it's, it's, it's massive for the game. Like it's absolutely insane. It's 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 an unreal job. I hope that this does push a lot of it through to Europe. Feeds into European League of Football. I think it, it maybe CFL teams start doing it. Canadian Football League, which is a big league. Maybe the XFL start doing it because I know they had they're kind of saying things. It's absolutely incredible. It's like having the Champions League in Beijing. You know, it it would just it's it's it's, it's unreal. It's like it's like Barbenheimer, but with football. Or like, or like the All Ireland Final in London or something like that. Yeah, well, I mean that that might be All Ireland Final maybe in like Madrid or Paris in London. Could you imagine the uproar? Could you actually imagine the uproar, Michaela? Um, I'm presuming in terms of the Brian Dable conversation, you're never picking the Giants again, or what's the crack? Are you are you done with them? No, I I'm not done with them. I think they'll get the odd win. Um, They're not like this I, 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 like I don't want to jump in here, but. The, I could be completely wrong, right? Do they have minus nine yard passing yards? Minus nine. How the hell do you have minus nine passing yards? Well, they had a guy that I've never heard of, like Danny DeVito. I, I, I literally kept calling him Danny DeVito because I was like, is his last name DeVito? Um, no, but like you know, you're not gonna like win games with that kind of talent, that backup quarterback. You know, like if they had a like Gardner Minshew or something or a Marcus Mariota quarterback they'd probably be a lot better um 
but now I'm not done with them and I don't think I think it'd be unfair on Dable to to fire Dable um considering he won head coach of the year last year mm-hmm. so yeah, I think that's a bit jumping the gun a little bit um if I was the owners of the Giants I would just want rid of Daniel Jones to be honest like I'd just be like that was stupid giving him money I'd probably fire the general manager for giving them that amount of money um, yeah, let's not fire him because we hope to have him on the podcast next year. <laughs> okay, yeah, Michael, let's not fire him because of that reason. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> the Giants. Let's let's be real though. The Giants were literally an easy chip shot field goal away from winning that game and not having to go drain this crap. And although Greg Sirloin did his absolute best to nearly miss that thirty-three yarder to win it, uh, they walked off a win. But yeah, I mean, let's. That it was all on that, and it was an easy chip shot. Sometimes they're the hardest ones to make. Um, because we there's more pressure on them, but that was it. Other than that, they had it won. We're kind of a crap team. So mostly. the reason that Brian Dable will be fired in about seven weeks' time is because of a market that slagged Zach Wilson for going on a night out with his girlfriend last week for Halloween on a bye week. As I say, welcome to New York. I just welcome want to, to jump York. in and say the head coach that should be fired and I don't care that they won today is Frank Reich. Oh, he's, yeah, like he, he, he'll be, him and Dayball will go, I can't really think of anyone offhand. Chargers. Outside of that. Depends. Brandon Staley? For all we know, people are sitting on their bank holiday and the Chargers have won by 70 points in Sunday Night Football. I'm going to go watch that right now. Can I just tell everyone, can I thank Michaela and Connor and can I wish 26 out of 32 because percentage wise I don't know what that is a, a, a wonderful bank holiday enjoy it um, yeah when's the next one Christmas in the south yeah all the cool kids Hannah Montana style have, have a bank holiday pre, pre-summer yeah. yeah for sure look we'll say them more get two in July as well whole different conversation folks enjoy your Monday enjoy it and uh, if you see me in Germany next week do say hello um, yeah that's it have a great night folks everyone have happy a great Halloween. week. Happy Halloween. What's Happy Halloween in Irish? ESL. Conic May Unshopper in A. I heard shop there. <laughs> is it ESL or is that just Halloween? Yeah, ESL I think is uh, that nice night of the dead or whatever. Night of the fall. The Irish term for Halloween is Akshamna. Akshamna. ESL, I think that's how it's pronounced. ESL. Akma. Iowa. Folks, have a lovely bank holiday. Keep her lit.